Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy and Paul. And today we're going to be covering the Disney Plus original series, What If? This is going to be episode four entitled, What If Dr. Strange Lost His Heart Instead of His Hands? And this is a cautionary tale of how losing a loved one can break more than just your heart. But before we get going, I'd like to welcome Paul to our coverage of What If. We definitely missed you on the first three apps. So real quick, do you want to tell us what are your general thoughts on the series so far? What is your favorite of the first three episodes, et cetera, et cetera? It's a really cool concept, and the fact that we can take everything as canon, just, you know, automatically you're going to put more interest into it just because it means something. Um, even though it probably it's never going to come up, it's still so cool. Um, I think this had to be my favorite. Uh, I mean, I love Doctor Strange and just showing the the whole point of, you know, you can try this all you want, but this is a point in time that made you who you are to save the universe. So you can't possibly change it. Um, and honestly, it made me want to go into the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer because, you know, people yeah. were freaking out yeah, saying, yeah. you know, oh, well, oh, the universe is going to collapse because Dr. Strange, like it was, he was bullheaded and went to do this spell. But, you know, that's really who he was. If, if you watch Dr. Strange, he was like, oh, like, Forbidden magic. Let me let me jump in there too early. I know I can do it. Yeah, we're well, uh, talking about canon. I do at the end of this episode want to talk about some stuff that I think might have to do with Spider-Man: No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness. From yeah. this episode. Yeah, from oh, this episode. Okay. Uh, okay, not not oh, necessarily man. anything in the universe, just concepts. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it was good timing. You know, they mm -hmm. put the Doctor Strange episode right out after the, the the No Way Home trailer drops a week before. And I was like, that wasn't on that yeah. wasn't by accident. That was on I purpose. was thinking about that now, too, smiling to myself, just like, damn, Marvel, you did it again. Yep. Yep. And now, Brian, before I give my take, what do you think? Because we we both said episode one, two, three, all great episodes, but they got better each time. Do you think episode four beat episode three? I don't think it did, but it's if it didn't, then it's one A, one B. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I think I really liked that episode three kind of had a little bit of all the Avengers. It had more major characters involved in it, even though they were all getting picked off like flies. Uh, I love seeing Samuel as Nick Fury in that episode, mm -hmm. uh, even though Benedict Cumberbatch gave a great performance as strange in this for the vocals. Uh, but I would say I like the story and the curveball more at the end, although this one probably had my favorite scene of the entire series at the very end, just that whole ending sequence when the gravity of the situation finally falls on Dr. Strange and Iwatu, I know he breaks the fourth wall with the audience, us, right. but he broke the fourth wall, if you will, with Dr. Strange. And they got to have that conversation, which I think is really, really cool to see that. Yeah. I want to jump back to Iwatu in a second, but I think I do agree with you. I think three is a little bit better than episode four. A little bit. A lot of people are saying that episode four is the best so I was going to make the joke. It's Barney's playlist. All rise, baby. You know, oh, yeah. appreciate that, Paul. It is all rise because it's getting better and better, but it is getting darker and darker, too. These past two are pretty damn dark. Like we said in episode three, episode one and two were both very nice and uplifting. Episode three and four, you know, four taught us a nice lesson. Three was pretty dark as well. So 
I do know that in the comics, a lot of the times, what if turns into like the universe being destroyed based on what the Nexus event or whatever the change is. So mm-hmm. they are starting to get into that. We already talked about the fact that episode two with T'Challa becoming Star-Lord was a very, very good uplifting episode for T'Challa himself. But the implications of the end of that episode with Ego meeting Peter Quill and actually finally getting him would mean the end of that universe probably as well. So that is probably going to be something we start seeing more and more as the episodes uh, move forward. Um, while we're at it, like we always do, let's nail these these voice actors and then we can get into yes, the sir. episode. Jeffrey Wright, Uatu, The Watcher, phenomenal. Finally, we get a nice little breaking of the fourth wall with the characters. I thought it was really cool that Doctor Strange so far is the only character who actually sensed him to know he was there. Which makes sense, the way his powers work, and especially how juiced up he is at the point where he sensed the presence relative to this episode. You know, he was already... I don't even know what you want to call that. I was referring to him as Evil Strange in my notes, but yeah, they call him Strange Supreme in the credits or something. But yeah, Evil Strange, that's pretty much it. I mean, he's taking in these demons and they're changing him every time. So Benedict Cumberpatch, awesome performance as Doctor Strange. Rachel McAdams was back as Christine Palmer. We had Benedict Wong as Wong. Of course. <laughs> Legend. And we had uh, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. That was nice to see her jump in there. And last one was Leslie Bibb was Christine Everhart. And did you guys recognize her? Because it took me a second. I had to look her up. But yeah, yeah it's the news reporter. The news she reporter is in a lot of the movies, right? Yeah, Iron Man yeah. 1 and 2. She's a main character. Well, not a main character, but she's a bigger character in those two movies. It she's is the cool. one that Tony hooks up with, right? Yeah, she's the girl. She's literally the only, and it's sad to say because I'm sure she's in a lot of good stuff, but the only thing I could think of with her is Talladega Nights. Mm. She's the main <laughs> the main girl yep. in Talladega Nights. So that's funny you bring up actress. Yeah. That's funny you bring up Iron Man because when I first read the title for this, uh, which was, you know, Doctor Strange, what, what was the name of it? Uh Doctor Strange lost loses his heart instead of his hands. Yeah. When I when I read that, I was oh, like, oh, proof he has a heart. Oh uh, yeah, I was like, so he's gonna be Tony Stark. Okay, that's cool. Because you know, one of my most like desired what ifs that I wanted to see was what if Tony Stark becomes, you know, takes the the Sorcerer Supreme mantle. Because in correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, in one of the comics that does happen, and he becomes Doctor Stark. And that's oh, I'm actually not positive on that, but it, I believe you. And it, there's just one image of Tony Stark in Doctor Strange get up with the cape and it always just looks so cool. And to me, I thought it made so much sense. Like something happens to Tony, he finds our comertage and, you know, goes through the whole process the same. I thought it was so cool. That's what I thought this was going to be, but it ends up being I'm glad it was something else, something that I, I, mean, I didn't realize. Yeah. And he gave us the pillar event. I mean, if you think about it. Tony Stark before he becomes Iron Man and Doctor Strange before he becomes the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange. They're very similar people. They're Mm -hmm. both very, very intelligent, both very arrogant, thinking they could fix anything. I could see that happening. They would be a very, you know, you break Tony Stark down, teach him the the ancient wisdom, and he could become the Sorcerer Supreme. I I mean, I could see that. That'd be cool. Either way, this was awesome. And I'm... It was really sad. It was definitely like you were saying, it was dark. Yeah. 
but it did give give us a little bit of rules to the universe, Mm -hmm. a universe where all the rules are breaking because, you know, timelines are getting introduced. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on was in this episode, the event was referred to as an absolute point up until now we've heard of all these keystone events, if you will, as Nexus events. Do you think those two are one and the same? Do you think there's any discrepancy there? Because it seems like, the way the ancient one was referring to this as an absolute point, it was also identifiable as our Nexus event, which is yes. something we always like to bring up is so, obviously Christine dying in the car crash. Right now. It's interesting that you say that because I definitely wanted to bring this up myself because technically the Nexus event, we would say would be her getting in the car in the first place, because in the mm-hmm. movie she doesn't go to the event and she stays home and he goes by himself and he's in the car crash by himself. But I think the first thing to bring up is, do we think Nexus events as a thing even exist anymore? Because the TVA are the ones that actually said this is a Nexus event off our sacred timeline. Now, things like those Nexus events all exist and they're going to keep happening, Mm -hmm. but they exist, but they're not being tailored like, you know, they're policed anymore. Yeah, they're not being policed anymore. And I do think an absolute point is different because. Could I step in? Yeah, jump in. Is it that an absolute point is kind of, regardless of it being part of the sacred timeline, that is an inevitability? Like, it's going to happen no matter what? And that's kind of In their universe. Yeah, because it has to be thought of in their universe. Because if you think about it, the next event technically is that Christine doesn't get in the car. But Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange goes back and tries to make it so she doesn't get in the car. And she still dies. So... I guess they are two different things, but the absolute point is like what you said in certain universes, an absolute point is something that will not change no matter what you do. And it has to be in that universe, though, because we know in our universe, she doesn't get in the car and she's and she's still alive. Right. So my question about the absolute point is that absolute point was the reason that he went and seeked Carmontage in the first place, became who he was. And therefore, save the universe from Dormammu. Right. So it's my, a different version of it. Yep. My question is, in the other timelines where he loses his hands instead of his heart, it still leads to the same thing. Yep. Which say- is Dormammu. So the, my question is, is the the absolute point only happens if that is the first instance on that timeline that leads to the initial saving of that universe. Does that make sense? So like, say, sorry, real quick, I'm done ranting in a second, (laughs) but like say, say our Dr. Strange, like he, you know, obviously his hands, well, they got messed up. That's Mm -hmm. what led him to there. So if that universe, if he decides to go back and try to save his hands, his hands are always going to get fucked up. Yes. Right. That's what I would say. So it's the first instance that led to the initial saving of the yeah, universe. I mean, I don't even know if I necessarily would say it has anything to do with saving the universe. I just think certain things in each universe cannot be changed. Okay. And I would go as far as to say those are like parallel absolute points in different universes is the absolute point of the MCU we're familiar with is the hands. This is a separate one for this separate universe is he loses Christine. Right, right. So I 100% agree that him losing his hands destroying his hands would happen no matter what if he went back in time it would just keep happening any different way but otherwise you know this episode teaches us a lot about 
how time universes and all this is going to work in the MCU in the future. Um, I thought it was really cool when we're going back to each episode. We talked about this last episode. Each one has its own movie that we're going off of. Obviously, this is Doctor Strange. Um, same car crash. The car crash is literally exactly the same from movie to the TV screen with the animation. Apple, the Apple scene was phenomenal. I love mm-hmm. seeing that when he's turning back, back and forth, back and forth with the bites out of the Apple. Um, those are just two of the big ones that I liked. And I just love how we get to see certain things like that in animated form. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's just like, they're just like revisiting these iconic moments in the MCU. It's like nostalgic almost for us as a fan base who have now been invested in this for 10 years. It's fun to go back eight to 10 years and revisit something. That's This is something that I talked about in the Nightmare of the Wolf uh, Witcher podcast is that what was so great about that movie is usually you get like the showrunner saying like, no, this isn't possible. Like we can't possibly like fund that. That's way too expensive. No, we can't literally do that in live action. It won't make any sense. And then you get to a medium like this. What if where it's like, all right, yeah, let's get all these demons that strange absorbs. Like we can do literally whatever Mm -hmm. for the same, like it's going to be the same cost. It's not going to be too much more expensive. So they have so much freedom to just, go crazy and i think that's what makes the animated version so like i want to say appealing i mean the og is appealing anyway mm-hmm. but but the fact that anything can happen yeah. you know is just it's it's pleasing <laughs> i mean we talked about this before they should let what if keep happening as long as people will watch which will be for a long time because there's just infinite stories to tell yeah definitely for sure uh, but Paul, going back to those demons that he was absorbing, Jimmy, was there any Easter eggs from any of them other than the fact that the tentacle monster was yeah. the same one from episode one? Now, I'm just going to go ahead and guess, and a lot of people do think this as well. It's not confirmed, but people in episode one saw the, the squid monster and said, okay, is that going to be Shuma Gurath? Mm-hmm. And we all know Shuma Gurath. He has the big one eye with the tentacles. And you know, you didn't really see much in episode one. So people were just like, it could be a squid monster. could just be a random thing. But seeing him in this episode looks exactly the same. It looks like it is going to be Shuma Gorath just because Shuma Gorath is a major Doctor Strange villain. So again, no confirmation at all, but it would be pretty cool if that was him. We don't need to get into who he is, but he's just a big villain for Doctor Strange, a mystical monster being. Now, Another character that I want to touch on is the character Obeng, who is a new player in the MCU. We've never seen him before, but a brief Google search tells me that he's a pretty impactful person within the source material, the comics. And they also name dropped this guy, uh, Cagliostro, a couple of times. And his wiki page says that those two are one and the same in the comics. Now, it's funny because if you're watching that episode, it's like the typical you, you you land where you land after he does his time traveling multiverse moving or whatever. And he's like, I'm looking for the library of Cagliostro. And the guy's like, I'm the librarian. And you're always like, all right, that's that's your boy. That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and of course, in this episode, they don't do that. They just keep him who he is and they <laughs> let him die. And the episode ends. But in like you said, in the comics, he is Cagliostro. <laughs> they even make that joke. Yep. Strange looks at him and goes, oh, like, don't tell me you're. Caglioso, no. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and he was like, no, no, just librarian. 
And it's funny because I actually don't know much about it besides the fact that he is who he is. I don't really know too much about him. I know he he reads and he pulls from the dark hold sometimes, and that's a nice little Easter egg with our girl, Scarlet Witch. But otherwise, I don't know much. Did you do any research, Brian? Actually, he was pretty interesting uh, seeking immortality. He took out some Egyptian dude uh, to gain immortality, but... Dr. Doom used to time travel and stuff, and he came across, or rather they crossed paths in, I want to say the 1400s, this dude Cagliostro was ruling over India. They crossed paths because Dr. Doom was looking for a teacher of the mystic arts, and they kind of buddied up, and he became his mentor and taught him the mystic arts. So he has ties with Dr. Doom, which is kind of cool. Was he supposed Uh, to be a villain? Not a good guy, it didn't yeah, sound like. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if yeah, you're dealing yeah. with Dr. Doom and you're taking over places and ruling over places, I'm assuming you're yeah. not that great of a dude. But strong, nonetheless. So yeah. he actually did seem like an interesting character, and the page was pretty freaking long and extensive. So it, it seems like if you know your way around the comics, you would know this guy pretty well. Yeah, we'll make a list for Zach the Comic Guy. We already have a, 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 a list already <laughs> going down for him. Otherwise, man, I just really thought that the animation in general was phenomenal, especially with the fight at the end. How cool was it that our evil strange gets his own cloak? So we have a cloak versus cloak battle. The the magic fighting was awesome. You know, the end where you're seeing time and the universe basically dissipate and Uatu standing over and actually coming into their universe and talking to him and talking down to him, basically saying, bro, you screwed up, man. I mean... He gives us a nice voiceover at one point and says, hey, this is the point. This is a big point. He's messing up. I could come in. I could change yeah. it. But guess what? I can't. I'm not going to. I said I won't. So that was really cool. And it's it's a big deal that we finally have him not just talking to us, but talking to a character in the show. We were wondering throughout this past three episodes if we were going to get him as an actual character in one of the stories. And will there be an episode in the next four more or five more or whatever there is? that he actually decides he needs to, because we said it in episode one, he does at some point interfere in the comics. Did you guys see him early on in the reflection of the cab when strange first goes back? I thought that was so cool. Yeah. He's chilling in the background a few times in this episode. Yeah. I don't know how well you can see that, but uh, it looks like oh, you yeah, did not yeah, yeah. see that. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. mean, literally he's, he, you see him more in this episode than you do in any episode so far. And it makes sense because this is where, the universe actually on our screens is destroyed. And the, the universe being destroyed, like it just coming in sealing, you know, evil strange on himself. That's terrifying. Paul, yeah. you, you, well, did you wait? Did you guys both watch full metal or just full metal alchemist? Hell yeah. 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 All right. It was reminding me like of the hands when the, 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 the black yeah, hands when they're taking them away sure. and stuff, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's creepy as hell. <laughs> it's creepy as hell, man. I mean, you would think that, Jeez, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you have two Doctor Stranges. You have the evil Doctor Strange who he does defeat Dormammu. He gets that far, but he never becomes the wise Sorcerer Supreme because he's entrenched and he's taken over by this, how bad he feels, you know, that she's dead. But then all he ever does is learn about things that have to do with what can change that one situation. So he's so in tunnel vision. He has so much tunnel vision that he's literally seeing the universe be destroyed around him. And he's still and and our Doctor Strange keeps telling him that 
it's going to happen. And he's like, no, nah, man, I'm going to do what I'm doing. I'm going to save Christine. And you don't know how much or only you know how much we both love her. Nobody else knows how much I love her. And I'm going to do that. And then finally, Uatu, when it's actually being destroyed, he's like, oh, I, I screwed up, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it's grief turning to an obsession, and they kind of just briefly touched on it through Obang. He said, you spent centuries in there just day after day absorbing these creatures. You know, that's not, he wasn't in there for a week. He was literal centuries. Yeah. That was his entire life's purpose, is to bring Christine back. And this whole episode was just a cautionary tale, and it, it was pretty tragic. And like you've been saying all episode, this this was a pretty dark twist by Marvel standards. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is we don't even see a conclusion to this Doctor Strange's life. He's just stuck in this crystalline barrier with yep. endless darkness in front of him. That's kind of like a frog thor's fate and just which is worse a jar trying to get his his hammer man trying to get jonathan that's horrible one thing that one question i did have which i i still don't know the answer to why did the ancient one split his you know personalities in the first place one's to follow through with the evil one to follow through with the good but yeah i mean what what was her goal there she pretty (laughs) much I guess her decision was that the the only option would be to have another Doctor Strange available to take care of the evil one. But after you give your answer, Brian, I want to ask another question because I think that actually let's let's have you go first. <laughs> yeah. let's have no, you go first. So, same thing. Honestly, I think she was just like I can either split it, and there might be a good Doctor Strange to take on the evil, and I'll take my odds there. Maybe he wins. The alternative is he goes and does this anyway, and then there's only an evil Strange. Um, I also thought it was kind of dumb, and I also thought it w- it didn't. That was my re- question. It didn't really seem very fresh as a plot device. That was my you other know, Marvel, question. Marvel has done this before. I, they just did it in Loki. Sylphie was Bam, just a variant. You're nailed. <laughs> Do it in WandaVision, too, with two visions. This episode could have gone the exact same way. Uh, I think from a production standpoint, they used it so that they could have a strange versus strange showdown. And that was cool. my question, bro. You I don't have to ask my question because literally that was it. Do you guys think it was just a fan service thing? Because the whole thing could have been done without a second Doctor Strange. Yeah, you guys are spending too much time together. Yeah, um, <laughs> two peas now, bro. You're we missed out. You, man. We missed <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? what a, another thing that I just didn't understand in that context. You when it was strange v strange, it was you know evil strange mm-hmm. who's like you guys said spent centuries absorbing mm-hmm. these people, and then it was you know quote unquote good strange who didn't right. go back in time travel, but as soon as he walks out of the sanctum sanctorum, is that what it's called? Like he puts down the glass, decides not to time travel, walks outside, boom, world's ending. Yep. So it's like right at that moment, like obviously bad strange is going to win. You spent centuries not only learning, oh, yeah. but like absorbing people. So that's why I was like, it doesn't really make sense to me. You know, you split them. It's to be, it's to be fair. I don't think the ancient one could have predicted that he would spend centuries there and then dilate time. So that good strange was only like, there for five minutes yeah i don't understand that either like how they even that's where they face off 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a little I, dumb. I, I do think it wasn't needed. I still think it was a great episode, and that's why, to For me, sure. it's not as good as episode three. But it definitely w- ended with a cool fight. To the two cloaks fighting each other was awesome. Hell but yeah. now the whole episode could have been exactly the same. Is it our Doctor Strange? Again, it's not like you're destroying our MCU Doctor Strange's like reputation by going bad. It's a different yeah. universe. Mm. Have our guy be struck with grief, obsessed with bringing Christine back, and turn him into Evil Strange and just let the whole thing go as it is. You could still have the Ancient One do a cameo and warn him like she does earlier in the episode. You just won't really get that big climax. You know, what do you do for that five minutes of the episode yeah. with the it- fight? I mean storytelling wise you know you you end the episode pretty much it's you know no action and it's dark as hell which again <laughs> i'm still fine with that because you're telling a story yeah. i mean you know yeah it's weird it could have been like the ancient one versus strain evil strange is like the final so, like bout but you know whatever i have one one question for you guys um and it's only because of something that I read. It was okay. it was another person's review of the episode, and they said that he got possessed by Shumagroth. They this article was also like pretty dead on confirming it was Shumagroth. Yeah, but they thought when he absorbed him, he got possessed, and that's why he turned to like an evil strange. I did not get that impression myself, but I wanted your guys' yeah. opinion. I kind of got the impression that it was specifically evil beings that he was absorbing so i just took it that he was like breaking his own soul down almost and and becoming Mm -hmm. more and more evil i don't take it like shumagorath took over him and possessed him but the fact that he was taking in all these evil beings was just you know etching away at him and he was just becoming quote unquote more evil or less good yeah it's weird it's almost not he became possessed it's more like he became obsessed yeah. Like he at one point, like he absorbs two or three and then he turns and he's like, all right, more yeah. like I need more yeah. power. More power. Yeah. Yep. So he was just completely insatiable, like consuming everyone. And I think he was, you know, turned by the point he got to Shima Yeah. Sweet. That's what I thought, too. I've just I've thought something after watching an episode and then you guys are just like, nah, you're just an <laughs> idiot, dude. Like, so dumb, literally. Um, and I didn't want that to happen this time. So then that person, you're never an idiot. Yeah, though. it could have put him over oh, the boat. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all idiots yeah. at some point. dude. Uh, uh, hell yeah. So my last two points are how I want to s- kind of tie this in to maybe the MCU, our MCU. And I have some questions to see if you guys think I have any merit to what I'm saying here. So absolute point is being brought into our terminology for the MCU. So I think it's safe to assume that we are going to hear about absolute points in the movies. Now, just by seeing the Spider-Man movie or trailer, I'm sorry. Do you think that for No Way Home, Peter Parker being unveiled you know become you know spider-man is peter parker do you think that's going to be the absolute point for his universe i was actually just thinking that as soon as you started that like this little uh this little side talk yeah because i definitely was thinking okay he's doing this crazy magic he has everything set up and then he realizes that it's impossible to change that event and you know that's what triggers everything off like to go off the rails right so I definitely think that could be a thing. And just to solidify it, Tony dying 
is, you know, one of those events. You can't yeah. possibly because you're not going to bring them back and then you're going to be like, all right, so like, why can't you bring them back? Right. Because that saved the world and is irreversible. So without having someone to define whether it's a absolute point or not, it's hard to tell because Peter Parker being outed as Peter Parker could be an absolute point. However, Mysterio releasing the video could have been a Nexus event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's what we don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you said. So, I mean, with Dr. Strange being a part of this movie, maybe he does tell us, you know, maybe he does say yeah. this to him um, in a similar type of question. We also hear in this episode that she splits Dr. Strange and allows two timelines to happen on the exact same un- in the exact same universe. Dr. Strange or Dr. Strange goes about his day, goes about his life and becomes a Sorcerer Supreme after defeating Dormammu after Christine dies. The other evil strange goes and becomes evil strange. Do you think part of the plot of No Way Home similarly is going to be two timelines or Spider-Man timeline and maybe three timelines if you really want to go there and Toby's and Andrew's? So you're saying that's why they are able to show up? So we have Doc Ock and Sandman, I guess. And then we have Toby, if you if you count him, which we don't know yet. And then we have Jamie Foxx's Electro and we have uh, uh, Lizard. So you guys think that's going to be a thing? I would think it's going to be less multiple universes occupying the same universe, if that makes sense, and more people from other universes are being pulled into our universe. So I think it's going to be different. I think the physics of why other Peter Parkers are going to be here is going to work differently than what was just shown in this episode. And that's also going to support why it'll be three different looking Peter Parkers. These two strangers, which were split in the same reality, looked the same and were for all intents and purposes, two halves of the same whole. I don't think that'll be true for our three Peters. Okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot because that kind of explains why there's all these Spider-Man villains showing up and not why any of the Iron Man villains are showing up. You know, if all these timelines collided, there would be multiples of everybody, but maybe, you know, since Peter was in the spell and when strange is casting it and the spell, he's the subject, the target of it, you know, like what Brian is saying, because, they'll find that subject in other timelines and pull them in. And, you know, maybe they drag some people in with them. They didn't mean to like Doc Ock. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I thought you were talking to Paul again. I thought you were saying, what are your thoughts on the trailer? (laughs) No, I I do think that you nailed it, Brian. I, I do think that we may see that happen again at some point, whether that's what multiverse of madness does in some situations or, in the future, we know multiverse is going to be a thing for a long time. But I do think that for now, I, I go with what you're saying. And my last question, is there two Doctor Stranges in our MCU? Because so many people were wondering why our Doctor Strange was acting so different. Also, letting something like that happen in Spider-Man it doesn't seem like our Doctor Strange. Now, early Doctor Strange in the first movie, he's arrogant, he's ready to do whatever he wants to do. He's kind of like that still, but we already talked about it in our No Way Home 
podcast. I just feel like he's more wise at this point. I feel like it's so reckless to do what he did in that trailer. And maybe it's cutting up. It's going to be cutting up of the trailer, and that's not actually how everything gets pulled in. But it just seems so reckless to me. Is there two Doctor Stranges? You are so skeptical of this trailer (laughs) strange. I'm just going to call him trailer strange. You are not letting go, He's wearing a sweatshirt, and he... He's funny. You are He's making me laugh. So dude. sussed out about this guy. Um, I am. And honestly, I'm gonna. Uh, people are reading so far into it. It's making me convinced. I feel like he is just a character that has that ego and that bravado. I could be wrong. And if that is a weird variation of our strange, I don't think it's going to be so black and white that yeah. there are two stranges in our universe. Also, we have no reason to believe that the ancient one would have split him up prior to what we're seeing now. Right. And I feel like nobody else probably would even have the ability to do that to him. So mm. I'm going to say no final answer. Only one strange final answer. What about you, Paul? Yeah. I want to say one strange as well. Um <laughs> Marvel's Why is he being the, so reckless? <laughs> Marvel's the worst with their trailers and doctoring their trailers to doctoring not, their trailers, Doctor Strange, bro. Hell yeah. yeah, and and making it making the fans that are dissecting the trailer scene by scene yeah. purposely leading them awry, and they could totally be doing that here. My question is, you know, Peter's holding when Doctor Strange hits Peter and like his soul leaves and there's like, you know, it's, it's what the ancient one did to Doctor Strange when he first got to Garmitage. Peter is holding does it to Hulk, right? It happens to Hulk too once, right? With, with the, the, the ancient yeah. one does it oh, in, one in yeah. Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter's holding something there. He's like a cube and nobody's ever really touched on that. It looks like some ancient magical device and that could totally play into it. And a huge reason of why the timelines interacted. Like we don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know anything. It's mm-hmm. the truth. But I also am not on the boat saying like, oh, like Doctor Strange would never do that. I personally think Doctor Strange would totally do that. I think <laughs> he's he's really? arrogant. He's 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 I bored. Just, yeah, no, no, he's I, bored. I, that's honestly, see, that's, that's what thing. I was telling Jimmy when we were yeah. going through the trailer. I feel like in Endgame and Infinity War, when him and Tony were like button heads with each other, you saw that ego from Doctor Strange and almost that like I don't know what you would call it, but almost reckless. Yeah, yeah history, wanna, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just want to, he just wants to prove he's the best, kind of. I mean, it's it is who he is. Like we know who he is from I mean, the Doctor Strange movie. The problem for me personally is that I'm used to the Doctor Strange from the comics, who by this point is like super wise and wouldn't do that. To me, so, it just yeah, jump in. You're saying this point as in this point in the source no, yeah, material, in the, the comics, comics not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not okay. like this point in his you know. life of like, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which to go off of that in what if Wong, you know, when he's about to go back in time, there's like, Oh yeah, it was, you know, two years ago today that yeah. Christina died. Mm-hmm. So in our MCU, it's weird to think about Dr. Strange hasn't been a, a sorcerer for that long. Yeah, He really hasn't. I, I mm-hmm. agree. I do. I it's just to me, it's weird. Like I take it as like a difference between is it ego and arrogance or is it recklessness? I can't I can't make I put them mutually exclusive. Like I can't put them together. Like I see recklessness and not the arrogance in that trailer. But 
if you convince me in the actual movie that it's because of his arrogance, then I'm down. I have yeah. no, I have no problem at all. She also can breed recklessness. No, and, and you're, you're, you're correct. And I just think it's more like, and arrogance can, can breed stupidity as well. But I was just going to say, it's like stupidity to me. Like it just seems yeah. stupid. So it, I don't know. It, it honestly seems to me like he's, he's always looking for that extra challenge, right? Like yeah. in the beginning mm-hmm. of Dr. Strange, before he even had his accident, he was like, Oh, like there's somebody with a bullet lodged inside of his head. That's like pronounced dead and his brain doesn't work. Like, let me operate on yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so it almost seems like he really is challenging himself. He is trying to prove to himself. Like Wong tells me, Oh, don't go into the secret library stash. Next scene goes in. Oh, yeah. don't touch the, you know, the, the infinity stone, the time stone. What's he do? He touches it and messes with it and does the apple shit so wong's like oh don't do this spell for peter parker yeah okay sure and he goes and does it yeah maybe he's maybe he's actually agatha in disguise because agatha winks in wandavision and he winks in the trailer so i think it's just never ever seen anybody (laughs) wink before yeah right it's the only wink i've ever seen there's only been two winks in the last 11 years of of the mcu (laughs) agatha all along man oh yeah but keep an eye out for our continued coverage of what if we're going to be covering each episode week by week as they come out. I think we're about halfway through. Are there eight episodes? There's nine. So we have five more. Be nine. We are half cup. Oh, my God. Half cup full. Cup <laughs> half full right now. Four out of nine. We got five left. We're like go. the good halfway through. Yep. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We also have a new Patreon up and running. That can be found once again on BinchtownTV.com. Once again, we are Binchtown TV. And thanks for listening. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.